Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode of encouragement, another episode that will equip you and empower you to be the best version of yourself. As you know, Last in Line Leadership is all about equipping, encouraging, and empowering people to identify and utilize their gifts for leadership and to provide practical tools for growth and purpose in your life. So settle into this episode, enjoy, and be ready to walk away different than you came in. Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode in the month of April, and we are teeing up what is true and what is a myth, and we're we're uh, uncovering, you know, some of the things that are that are lies in our life, and we're we're speaking truth over them, and we're identifying what's T R U E. But first, I want to introduce our guest today, man. This is an honor. Uh, We've got we've got Super Bowl royalty in the room today because uh, this guy's got quite an illustrious uh, history and an illustrious resume in the NFL. And I want to read to you. Lee Rusan is is our guest today, and he played college football at the University of Colorado back in the good old days when it was the Big Eight uh, and, and played for one of the most legendary leaders, not just coaches, but leaders of men in Bill McCartney in the early 80s and then was drafted by the New York Giants where he played for another legend coach, Bill Parcells, won two Super Bowls, was the special teams player of the year in 1986, Uh, even kind of finished out his career playing for Bill Belichick. I mean, this guy has been under some really some some super leaders. So I'm interested to get his perspective on leadership today. More importantly, off the field, the work this guy's done. Lee has worked uh, as a professional speaker with Sports World Ministries for over two years, 20 years, sorry, 20 years, and has served as the director of North Jersey Fellowship of Christian Athletes for 15 years. Um, Lee helped plant New Horizon Church Ministry and served as an associate pastor. Uh, What a a career this guy's had. I mean, there's more to, to talk about here. Recently, he's worked as a manager for mentoring leadership program in the Mount Olive Township School District. Man, this guy is serving young people. He's building leaders, served as a board member for legacy-minded men. And our man, Joe Pellegrino, uh, we both know him, and uh, now serves as a trustee of Pillar College. Uh, An MBA, Lee's got an MBA with a concentration in workplace conflict management. Um, Currently, Principal Executive for an LLC, Move Your Chains, a consulting company that uh, looks to work within the educational and business industries. Lee and his wife, Lisa, have four children and five grandchildren. This guy does not look old enough to have a grandkid, but uh, man, I, I mean, there's so much to read about you. You've done so much, but formally, Lee Rusong, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, and, and and I really appreciate the introduction. Now we don't have to talk about me at all. We can talk <laughs> about everything else. That's that's enough. 
but um, I'm, I'm glad to, to be a part of this, Brother John. Um, I have had the opportunity to view some of your podcasts and um, and, and looking at the, the theme that's threading out through all the conversations, um, I'm so excited about about the time that we are we going to have today. And um, I've already been in prayer that um, asking the Lord that that every ear of the hearts that will, you know, focus in on this podcast yeah. will see what God wants them to see. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I have too. So I always at the beginning, you know, before we ever go on air, man, I'm I'm praying that God would just give us the words and it's not about us and it's us sharing stories. It's us sharing truth to impact somebody's life. And man, is there, you know, in order for the audience and I always love for them to be able to connect with the guests, anything about you that I didn't read that you feel like would maybe get you on a personal level with the, with the audience and help you connect a little further? Well, um, my, my um i have my stories in my life are very interesting and i just give one little short little 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 thing yeah when um i was born in north carolina then my parents immediately moved to new jersey and um and then they were maids uh, and and my father met a very successful real estate guy who was impressed by my dad's intelligence you know my father was a, his 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 first employer would have parties and they, these are all real estate magnets or gurus or whatever. They were very successful real estate people, and they used to have parties. And uh, and and this one guy, he would have this game. He would give all of his guests a dictionary, and 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 the guests would go to any word in the dictionary, and my, and and my father would know the, the meaning of that word. And it just amazed people that he was that smart, and or he just memorized everything, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, but but um, so this one guy was so enthralled with my dad that he said, "Listen, I'm, I can teach this black man um, real estate. I, you know, he's smart enough. He can I can I can teach him um, to be successful." And so my my father and mother um, they moved from New Jersey to Washington Heights, New York, to um, to be close to the to the to the the man he lived on Long Island. And then my father meets Malcolm X. Just he he was hanging out somewhere in the city. He meets Malcolm X and was right when Malcolm X was kicked out of the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. And he formed his own organization called the Afro-American Unity Organization. And I and I believe this was a part of Malcolm's journey toward the truth. Toward his truth. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know if he ever came to Jesus. We know his father, Malcolm X's father, was a, a Baptist pastor. Mm. Who, who was murdered and then and then Malcolm grew up in and out of all kind of foster homes and then he entered into a life of, 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 of you know being a, a criminal and then he was in prison mm-hmm. and then that's when he met a minister of, of the nation of Islam and but then everything spiraled differently and one night um, in the Audubon ballroom in Harlem he had a new message that he was going to give to to the world it was going to go like this. Doesn't matter whether red, yellow, black, or white. It's time for all of us to have a certain love and, and, and for one another, to enter in a certain kind of harmony for one another. Mm-hmm. And this was a whole message that Malcolm X never, ever preached. And, and no one knows about it because 
before he gave that message, he was he was assassinated. But mm-hmm. I was there. I was two years old. And I was my little sister was a brand new baby girl, and and my mother. So we were there. My father was there doing his bodyguard work. And then that same night, the FBI comes to my dad and says, "Listen, see, so we know you haven't done anything wrong, but if you don't leave New York right now, you will be investigated." So that same night, my father got his family, and we moved to Greensboro, North Carolina. And then that's where I grew up. And I came back to New York because I was drafted by the football giants. Yeah, yes. Well, uh, man, what a great story. I, some of that stuff, I didn't know any of that. That's really cool. Uh, I always like little aspects of history that, that I've never heard. So thank you. Um, man, I want to jump jump right into this because – you know, the title of this for April is mythology and what is true. And we're always dissecting a word. So what is true? The T-R-U-E that we're going to talk about is what is trustworthy, what is revealed, what is underestimated, and then what is eternal. And, And I think, you know, I want to set the foundation as to what things we lie to ourselves about or what we allow the world to tell us. And I've got a couple of things here that I read every episode in April. And I want to, we're going to just lay the foundation of, I did some research and this couple life coaches, I started seeing what they, they talk about certain myths, you know, mindset, everything's, but everybody's talking about mindset, mind coach, life coach. Here's what we believe sometimes that are lies. There is one definition of success. There, uh, you should compare yourself to others. These are lies that we believe, myths that people tell us or that we tell ourselves. Doing what you love is not important. So, you know, as we jump into sources of information that we view trustworthy, that's our first letter, the T, trustworthy. So what is trustworthy? So speaking of sources of information, you know, uh, what would you say? What, what are things about sources of information that we trust or what, are, what to you is a trustworthy source of information and how do you determine that? Well, um, again, just... I'm a, I'm a question, man. So I love your question. What is common? What is a common myth yeah. about the sources we trust for information? Yeah. And I believe that it comes from our own vision. Again, the, the common, any type of myth or any type of common lie, it comes from our own vision. Right. Opposed to whether do we do we have God's vision for our lives? Yeah. And 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 this is this is very basic, but it but the, this this very basic um, concept is it it can I mean it is I mean it can be looked at from a from a way that can really help us. Yeah. To yeah. to recognize the truth, you know. But I, I think that having our own vision, you know, and, I, and I've had my own, I've had my own vision pertaining to even those words in a way God won't put on me. Uh, I mean, I, I, I should, there were times in my life when I went to the University of Colorado, we were put on probation. I'm like, well, well, God, why does this have to happen to me? And, and you know, why, why do I got to go mm-hmm. through this? And then when I went to the Giants, <clears throat> I, w- I was a backup running back. I, I, I took the NFL to court. I'm one of the four ball players that won free agency. I, I made history, but, but I was blackballed by the Giants. Mm. 
and and my, my career spiraled in a certain way. It was, it was supposedly going up, but then it spiraled because I took a stand for truth. Mm. Wow, that's pretty good, and, man. Because you know we did not to interrupt, but to go back to your point originally, before I forget, you know, in my getting up in years, I can I can forget something if I have an idea. <laughs> but no, I wanted to I wanted to mention that like when you mentioned how we take something that may really be a truth. And then we start to twist it and put yes. our own definition right. of it. And we start molding it into what works for us. Then all of a sudden it's yes. so far away from where it started, right? It started at truth right. and now it's over here and it's not necessarily true. So we can take something out of the Bible that has been around for thousands of years. And then we start putting our human interpretation on it and our human twist yes. on it. And all of a sudden it's over here and it's so far from where it started. So that's a great point, man. And, and some of the leaders we we've been around or are, are around now struggle with, you know, being trustworthy leaders. Some of the, some of the leaders we're around are sort of in that situational ethics mode where their moral compass is kind of a, it's an, it's an ebb and flow. It's a sliding scale based on the circumstances we're in. So whatever feels good or whatever works for us in that moment is what we determine as being right, as being trustworthy, you know, as being truth. Talk about maybe your viewpoint of leadership and, and things that have allowed you as a leader to stay in that unwavering um, stability, that unwavering foundation where you've made the decision before you ever get in a situation that this is what's true. This is what I stand on. I'm not letting my situation dictate my leadership. Anything to add to that? Yes, I, I, I'm so that's that's a really great topic right there and, and point for us to look at. Um, when I began to 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 learn as I as I became more devoted to Christ, I began to to recognize my thinking that a lot of my thinking and again as as a individual or a person, you know, put into leadership positions and having opportunities to lead. I began to recognize my thinking more terminal. And I, I have a definition for ter terminal thinking. This is the process by which we do not relate all of our activities to clearly define ultimate purposes and visions. Rather, the activities in our lives are ends in themselves. Mm. And I began to realize that I had this type of terminal thinking. But as I became more devoted to Christ, that I began to develop an integrated thinking, and here and, and here and here is the here's the definition of this yeah. process. This yeah. is the process by which we relate our activities to ultimate purposes and visions. God's calling for my life. Excuse me. <clears throat> and when I begin to really recognize God's calling, not my calling, not Lee Rusan's vision, but God's vision for my life, I begin to to desire to bring value to. God's vision, rather than bringing value to Lee Roussan's vision. So that that integrated thinking, I became more integral. I, I stopped telling lies. That's good. I, I didn't. It was. It didn't, there was no value in. It. I realized there was no. There's no value in lying right now. Yeah. I, I, and it was real. There's no value. I, I, I got it. And I love telling the truth. I, I, it was to a to a point where people hated me. <laughs> it was like I rather you tell me a lie than tell me the truth. You're just too truthful. You're just too blah blah blah. You know, like yeah. That. 
So, you know, yeah, I think that I think that leaders struggle. We str we struggle with if if our thinking is is more terminal, right? Opposed to it, as opposed to integrated thinking in 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 Christ. You know, just calls us to um, to His mind. You know mm -hmm. that that we developed that we develop in our lives continuously his mind the, yeah. the, the, the transformation in our life is through um thinking like jesus yeah so good so good i mean i love that integrated and terminal i hadn't heard it put like that before man so that's a great transition into the the t-r-u-e we're going to hit the r in in what is true that what is revealed you know we talk about uh just a things of those aha moments or what what you know moments of clarity um in your life and and defining moments of revelation maybe about your character or your calling that you've you know maybe you had that one moment where you thought i'm sort of at a fork in the road here with my faith or with my leadership and i'm gonna there was a moment where you were definitive about i'm bought in i'm all in this is where i'm going can you talk about anything about any certain moment in your life or, or maybe a, a transition that really kind of was a, a defining uh, direction for you? Yes. Thank you for that question. Um, as the leader of my house, uh, when I say my house, I'm speaking about my marriage, my wife, and, and as a, in, in my parenthood, my being a, being a, a dad, a father to my children, um, I was saved. You know, I, I had been saved since 1981, but this is like 1994, and and I real and I began to realize I'm going to lose my wife in my in my family, mm -hmm. and um, and and the Lord came at me aggressive, and um and one night it was it was October 31st, and I never forget. Uh, this is my family and I. We celebrated Halloween for the last time, and and um in. And so I had taken our kids trick or treating, and I was, and it was a busy time of the evening. If most people kept getting home, and there's a lot of traffic on the street that I lived on, I took and I um, out took my kids to a, a neighborhood where they can walk around where the track where traffic wasn't going on. But when they came back home, told the kids get out the car, meet you at the house. When the, there was no cars coming down the, the other side of the street, I'm gonna get on the wrong side of the street and drive into the driveway. I meet you at the house. Well, there was a little guy who was sitting in his truck. And he saw me doing it. He didn't know I lived there and what I was doing. So he started cursing me out. Mm. And, and, and I just went, I, and in that moment I snapped. And I saw, and, and I had a vision again, talking about vision. I had a, I had an instant vision because like when I play ball, I would, I would visualize what I was about to do. I would mm -hmm. see it before I did it. Mm -hmm. Just in an instant, I would see it. And I would do it. So the great plays I made and when I played ball is because I saw it before it yeah. happened. And I saw that I was going to grab this guy by the head, flip his body over, crush his head. Something moved in the front seat of this truck. He had two little kids strapped in the front seat. And I, when I looked into their four blue eyes, I heard God say, Lee, come home right now. Mm. If you don't come home right now, I'm going to take my hands off of you. Hello. I'm gonna let you be, be who you want to be and do what you want to do. Uncovered at that and, point. And I'm telling you right now, all of the anger and the bitterness 
and the frustration, the pain. I can keep on naming the pride, the fear, all, all right. those spirits, all those things that was in my heart. In that moment, they were gone. Mm. And I knew that was God speaking to me. It wasn't in, the ver ver in audio words, but it was like, I remember my grandmama. Well, my grandmama, because I love my grandmama, man. She, she was, when I got in trouble, she would say, boy, you better get over here right now and take this whipping or I'm going to take my hands off of you. And I knew what she meant. When she said yeah. she was going to take her hands off of me, she wouldn't have anything to do with me. Wow. Now, I love my grandmother and I knew she loved me. So I was, so I heard God. I, that's how I heard him. And in that moment, that's when the life that I was living revealed to me was and I surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's good. That's so good, man. Wow. What a, I mean, you talk about a defining moment. Like that's, that was a defining moment in a, so many ways. And, and I mean, you could have just changed the course in a split second. You could have changed the course. You could have operated in your flesh or you could have been operating in your spirit. And, and that you, the Bible talks about those who sow to the flesh will reap destruction. Those who sow to the spirit will reap everlasting or eternal life. And man, what a great choice you made because not everybody makes that choice and not everybody's aware enough to hear the spirit moving them away from a, a dark situation. But man, what a great, thank you for sharing that. I mean, you know, what do you feel like God's trying to reveal to our generation of leadership right now? I mean, we're in a, we're in a, such a volatile situation with leadership, with division of just our society i mean there's so many things and we could go off on a tangent on some of that yeah. but specifically yeah. to leadership if, if you're talking to young leaders coming out of college getting in the workforce trying to yeah. trying to make a difference what do you say yeah. to them and what do you feel like god wants to reveal to that next generation of leaders for uh when i as i look back at the past generations of leaders I'm sure there have been some totally devoted to Christ and, mm -hmm. and, and, they, and they've got the call of God. But right now, this generation that's coming up now, they really have a chance to focus on kingdom business. Right. And, and I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to say it this way. A, a lot of the past generations have just focused on salvation saving individuals and that's pretty much it and we and we praise god for salvation and we preach the the salvation mess, message well what about the kingdom message come on what about seeing god what about knowing who jesus is a lot of people know his salvation they know all things about him and but they don't know him i think this generation of leaders need to focus on being totally devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the king of his kingdom and he's, he is going away and he's giving all of us. He's made us Kings, a Royal priesthood. He's given us his power and he's told, and he's told us to go into the land, go into the, the high, the high places. Well, into the systems of this world. That's uh, again, you know, there may be somebody looking at this podcast right now who don't know Jesus. Yeah. For some reason, you're looking at this this podcast, and and so to to hear the voice of God, 
again, in the systems of this world. It's really, really big because, uh, again, I, we could just stay on our high mountain of religion. We could sure. just we could just go to church on Sunday. But like like mm -hmm. I always said about in football, you know, when we was playing the, the Cowboys or the <laughs> or the Redskins or not the Redskins no more, right, but whoever, right. right? We would have to come out the huddle in order to win the game. We couldn't just stay in the huddle and have a social a social club life and just yep. talk about what happened last week or what may happen tomorrow. We had we had 25 seconds to come out the huddle and to run that play toward um the victory. Yes, so sir. we we as the church, we have to be the church and we gotta we gotta come out of the huddle. We yeah. gotta we gotta go possess the land. And and, and they're all places there. You got you. You you got um, education, family, sports, entertainment, arts, yeah, government, media, business, and religion. All these high places, these mountains. God says, go and be the leaders there because in all mm -hmm. those high places, it's the leaders in those high places that influence the masses of people. Yeah. That's so good, man. And I could just, I mean, we could just drop the gavel right now because that, that right there was, was gold. And I, I mean, somebody needed to hear that and maybe I needed to hear that, but I, I mean, that's, that's preaching. Um, and that's good word because I, I mean, I've got kids that are coming out into the workforce, graduating college and, you know, we need these young people to, I mean, we need, we need us too, as, <clears throat> established adults in the workforce, but we also need this next generation to come out and not be afraid <clears throat> to profess their faith, not be afraid to stand for what's right and what's kingdom related, like you said, kingdom business. So man, what great perspective for and, and advice for our next generation. Uh, so as we go to the next one here, I mean, this is going to be a great topic here. So T-R-U-E, the U is underestimated. Have you ever... Yes. Have you ever underestimated God? Yes. Listen, bro. Uh, I've, 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 in the, but I, but I didn't know I was, I was doing it when I was doing it. Right. That's true. <laughs> See, I can look back, right? But I can look, I can look back now, and I, can, and I can say that the purpose of the trials and the crisis in my life was to get me to cry out to God. Yeah. And see him come to my deliverance, and that he loves me, and that I had the opportunity to love him back. That's what Adam didn't do, but that's what Jesus did. And so, with with that, just simply put, I'm 17 years old. I choose to go. I, ch I choose to go to University of Colorado. I turned down Southern Cal, Notre Dame, Michigan State. Pitt, North Carolina, all these schools, and I choose to go to Colorado. And I'm fired up when three days goes by on ABC, CBS, and NBC. The headline story reads, the University of Colorado has been put on probation. So for the next five years, I, I'm going through all kinds of trials and sufferings. And then it continues, even though God blesses me, and because I don't even, I don't even deserve to go into the NFL. I didn't mm. even have one 1,000-yard season as a running back. Mm. I was nobody. I was way more famous in high school than I was at the fifth year of my college career. And I had no business making a pro football team. God showed himself strong through my suffering, through wow. all the trials that I was going through. I underestimated God. 
Wow. But I'll but I give him the glory right now. I'll glorify him just like the Apostle Paul did. And so many others, man, who recognize God that, that they've learned his power. They've learned his presence. They've learned his purpose and to continue to live that way for the rest of their life. And that's what I do. So like when you was producing me and saying things about me, that's all that is. That ain't me. Yeah. That's that that's again the life that I recognize that God has given me and given me to 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 walk out. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like you said, your your bio that I read with all those accomplishments, I mean, those are just really evidence of God's doors opening. Like those are evidence of God creating those opportunities for you and you stepping through those in obedience and you honoring him along the way. And then he just starts adding and multiplying. Like God, I always say God's the, he was the original mathematician, right? He's the original math teacher. God's math works perfectly every time. And so he expands, he multiplies and, and he just, he, he blesses beyond our imagination. So when we box ourselves in, we end up really boxing him in. And I, you know, Tell, talk about how maybe people nowadays, you know, you, you mentor young people, you've been in, you know, uh, this spotlight of professional athletics and you've spoken into, you've invested in the next generation of athlete, you know, young people talk about how we box our gifts in like identifying our gifts is a huge yeah. thing. Right. And, and that thing I read earlier about our myths that say your gift is just for you, you know, <laughs> Talk about how gifts, if kids can just identify their, their gifts because of using them for other people, not just to keep them for their own glory. Can you talk about some of that and how, how young people can, can sort of identify what they're good at? I, I just, yes, I want to make this statement that the essential gifts and leadership training come from the Holy Spirit yeah. of, of hearing his word. So what do, what do I mean by that? Coming from the Holy Spirit of hearing his word, that faith comes by hearing mm. and hearing the message of truth. Isn't mm. that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, so again, we learn, we learn of our gifts that come from the spirit of God in his word. Mm-hmm. When we, when, we, when we continue to hear, when we really, really hear God's word, what he's saying to us. Because, you know, people say, oh, the Bible is old. It's outdated. It, you know, there's a bunch of old stories. And that's not true. I'm telling you, you can read any part of the Bible, man, and, and it pertains to your life right now. Yeah. And when you hear God's word, God, the, the, the word of God is, is, is helping you to recognize the gifts that are already in you and how to use them. And he's giving you the leadership um, challenge, challenge that you would learn those mm-hmm. abilities and be able to use them for God's glory, for God's sake. So yeah. uh, again, that, you know, I, I will continue to say, learn, you know, continue to, to, to read the word, but hear it. That's the good thing about it is if we're depending on external voices to tell us what our gifts are, those things are so shakable and fleeting and yes. so so much of a roller coaster. Yes. God's word doesn't move. 
God's word stays right. and God's word yes. isn't affected by external circumstances. So what a great point. If you're listening to this right now and you're a, a young adult or you're somebody in leadership and you're, you're wondering what can I do to be a better leader? Get in what God says about you, get in that Amen. word, get in those Amen, truths about you, not what someone else might say, get in what is true and what is foundational and you will start to uncover that the spirit will start to reveal those things to you and you can walk in them and know that there's going to be consistency to it. So what yeah. a great, I mean, perspectively. And then, so, you know, now that we come to the end of TRUE, this is an important, poor, uh, important part of this because what is eternal is about what our perspective stands on. I think it's, it's about our perspective. And so can you give us some ideas about um, how do we wrap our brain around keeping that perspective that is eternal, since we're so stimulated by our five senses, right? We're so gravitating toward what we can see and touch and hear like in the natural. Talk about how we can be better at a internal, eternal perspective. I like the way you, you, again, you put it in question. You say, why do we, I, I, I really appreciate that. You say, why do we, for example, as Christians struggle with an eternal perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we so focused on, on circumstances and comparisons? Well, I think the answer to that, why is because we, I'm gonna put it this way. We, we have opposed to having kingdom vision, we have a worldly vision. Mm -hmm. So our challenge is to get the L out. So if we have a worldly vision, we need to get the L out. Mm. So what, what do you have left if you take the L out? What do you have left? Word, man. There you go. You got the <laughs> word. So we need to get the L out. That's it. We need to get the L out. So I think we can we, just dismiss class at this point. I mean, that right there, that was it. That's the gavel. That's the drop mic drop moment right there. Keep going. Keep going. See, see, when you when you get the when you take the L out, what we have left is the word. We have now we focus on the kingdom vision. We have an eternal perspective, but but our eternal perspective is not tomorrow. See, eternity is not in time. So you can't mm -hmm. look at an eternal perspective from yesterday or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Eternity is there's there's no time in eternity. So so in 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 this way, when we remember the promises of God, yes. when when we look to all that He has said to us, and 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 when we continue to walk in this life, we recognize that, for example. The past is history, the future is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why it's called the present. I'm going to open up today, and God communicates to us. He calls to play in our life every day. That's what we do. We go, yeah. he says, are you ready? Do you believe me? Do you hear me? Do you love me? We go, pray. I, I, I'm ready, Lord. I love you. I, I believe you. I'm going to do my job. Let's get it on right now. Yeah. So you don't have time to be worried about the past or the future. You you are you opening up that present in the eternity of the moment. You're making a choice. That's, That's right. where life happens in the eternity of the moment. You're making a choice right now, of the, based on the truth. Yeah. Based on yeah. His love. Think about it. 
So here's the point. The only time anything is false, fake, or counterfeit is because, only because there's something that's real. Only because there's the truth. Now you a choice in the eternity of the moment. Or which one, are you going to choose what's real or are you going to choose what's counterfeit? That's on you. That's it. That's it. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you keep going on this because we're going to ask you to close this out and, and tell the audience if we were going to, so from an eternal perspective and what is eternal, what about Lee Rusan? If we look back on your journey, what are we going to be saying about what your footprint was? What are we going to say that there was evidence that Lee Rusan traveled this path? Lee Rusan didn't find his identity in his nationality, in his in his um, brand, in his reputation, his name, in his in his occupation. All those things were a part of who he was. We find him. He, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't find his. He didn't determine or choose his identity in in his how tall he was, how much money he had or didn't have, how famous he was in football or not. Mm -hmm. but he was devoted to Christ. His identity was found in the convergence of, the, of, of his decision to follow Jesus and to, and, to, and to be his follower. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's real good. And that, that's a great, I mean, there's so many people that I think need to hear that. And, and I think, you know, to know more about the goodness of God is how we, get closer to him. Like if we are near him, we will know him. So we got to get closer to him to know him better. And to know him better is to understand what he called us to is to understand his goodness is to understand his plan and, and our purpose. And so ultimately that's an eternal perspective. When you get yeah. to know the creator of eternity, that's yes. how you have that eternal perspective is getting to know him better. And so, exactly. man, thank you for that. And, and it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody who is very clear on what they want their legacy to be, what they want to be said about them is to be centered around how devoted they were to Christ and being that kingdom man every day. And so, Hey, I want to, do you have any, uh, what, what resources can, the audience maybe reach out and find some of your, some of your resources, your ministries, your, uh, what you're involved in. Well, at this point right now, um, again, you can just Google me. <laughs> right. Right. I am, I, I am, I am in the process. Um, I have completed several curriculums. Um, I've written about identity. Uh, so the purpose of this, this book is, is to help people recognize the convergence of, of, of the noun and verb of, of who we are. It's just now you just can't simply say I'm I'm a Christian. Yeah. And that's just it. No, you got to be one. You can't say I'm the church. No, you got to be the church. Good, good. All right. Well, hey, uh, man, thank you for your time today. I mean, thank you for your perspective. Thank you for the word that you brought because I have no doubt that the spirit was speaking to us through you and somebody needed to hear what you had to say. Uh, so audience, man, I... I'm, I'm excited that we were able to be these ambassadors to deliver a message on behalf of the Holy Spirit to you to make you really re-examine 
what is true in your life, what sources of information you start to believe and receive. And then, you know, ways that God's revealing your purpose and things that you underestimate about him. Don't underestimate him. Start to understand how good he is. And then ultimately have that perspective of eternity versus what is in the natural and the here and now, which is temporal. So Lee, thank you on behalf of our audience. Audience, hey, until next time, be blessed.